Hey, everyone. You yeah. know who we love for this week's episode? Spoiler alert, Nicholas Jackson, the That's XG god. Cold take there, bud. Cold take. And now the podcast starts. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to give you all our 10 best assets for game week seven and highlight why we think those assets are going to perform exceptionally well throughout this upcoming game week. Um, be reminded we're looking at this from a one-week perspective. We're going to dive into the best assets that we think are going to fit your teams perfectly. Well, based on what you have, we, we can't look, we don't see your teams right now. So Yeah, no, exactly. That's why we're doing 10 each. Yeah. And through that, you should be able to sift through, find those players that fit your team perfectly. Because as we always hear, every decision is team dependent. Yep. It exactly so, is, Luke. Let's dive right into it. and We'll take a brief little break, and then we'll be back for that. We'll be right back. Yep. And we're back. Sorry, guys. I had to run to the loo real quick, and now I'm back. So we're locked and loaded, ready to go with our top tens here. Yes, we are. Let's dive right into it. All right, Luke, I'm going to start off with my number 10. Um, and I'm really interested to see... Uh, I'm really interested to see what, um, how much our lists line up here because it's um, we both have players that we both believe in more so than each other. So I'm, I'm really interested to see where we're going to fall on this. Yeah, me too. All right, too. so number 10 on my list is Martin Odegaard. Odegaard, okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's kind of hear a little bit why you think that. Because I, they they play Bournemouth this week, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah, I I really like that Bournemouth matchup, even if it is away from home. I think that's um, that's a matchup that Arsenal is probably going to take advantage of. And I see the only thing that worries me, and this is honestly going to be a asterisk beside this whole list, is all these teams playing in Champions League or Europa League. Or it makes me very anxious with these players because we're going into now the second week of Champions League, where even even more so before the week before our first week of Champions League, in the second week, now we have like four fixtures all kind of jammed together, and this is the, the fixture for match week seven. It's going to be on the tail end of all that in the fourth fixture, so we may see rotation. So everybody just be aware, keep an eye on how much players play. In the Champions League this week, because we don't know, even even nailed on people possibly could be moving. And so. the point is, Arsenal have a difficult match ahead of them, right? They're going away to Sevilla, correct? That is yes. away. So they have travel to get there midweek. They just came off a very, I mean, grueling kind of cagey North London derby that yeah. wore them out. That was such an odd match. It was. The second half, I feel like I didn't even watch it, and I mm -hmm. watched every second of it. It was yeah. really, really strange, right? I guess maybe that's a derby for you. It just, there was no flow to the match. Um, yeah, it's very disjointed. But um, basically, to go back to my Odegaard point is, yes. I, I think that if we're looking at Arsenal as a, as a collective, what they're starting with, I think an underrated Arsenal asset, if he can get contested game minutes and not be injured with his Trissard, as you saw in the Champions League yes, match, agreed. he looked really good. Agreed. So I think you could honestly, in my head, you could make the argument, depending on how the fixtures fall, who plays this midweek, that if Trossard doesn't play and he's fit, could be a better shout than Odegaard. But hmm. I also think, so basically in my head, it's like 
I have him higher on my list as Sokka number one as an Arsenal asset, but Odegaard basically is the number two Arsenal asset for me, attacking-wise. You think so? Yeah. In my head, he is, because, I mean, Jesus, we don't know where he's going to play. He played a little bit on the wing, played a little bit wherever, and he's going to get goals, but, like, Ode- it seems like Odegaard and Sokka are going to be the two main producers, the yeah, main figureheads no, of Arsenal's I attack, and I... I just I really like that Bournemouth matchup if if they play in it. Arsenal's at the point right now where they they've had injuries, they've had a lot of stuff going on, but we know Odegaard has the ability to easily get a brace in any match. So yes, he does. He certainly does. He has that that ability to create for others in a mm-hmm. very direct manner, but at the same time, he is he takes up positions where you know he's in. An, excellent spots to take shots by himself and his left foot yeah he is excellent at just placing the ball around the keeper um putting it top ends if he needs to so he he is an excellent asset to pick for that actually he is in my top 10 as well but i will kind of dive into the numbers numbers excuse me a little bit more um and we can talk about that in a little bit but i will go with my my asset of the week I am picking Brian Mbomo as my 10th asset okay. for this week. Um, they have forced upcoming. That is a match that I expect Brentford to play a lot better in than they did in game week six against Everton. They've been really up and down. Because that was a terrible performance from Brentford. They looked really poor. And from what we know from Brentford... They are a club that's run in a very statistical manner. They are very put together. It, it just seems like they're a club that, you know, they are primed to bounce back from a bad loss, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm feeling here. I think Forced are a good side, um, a team that's really kind of improved with all of the turnaround and players. But I would expect to see Brentford have a bounce back performance here against Forced. The reason I think that Brian's going to be the one to aim for because his underlying numbers have been okay over the last two fixtures. They've been all right. But Everton looked pretty good defensively, right? Newcastle, we know what to expect with them. They're going to be very solid at the back, even mm-hmm. though, you know, at the beginning of the season they didn't look too great, but that was the fic- that was who they were playing is what I think. Um, so now they're playing Forrest, who is a good defensive team, but not quite as solid as Newcastle. I expect him to return. Um, and you know, he's on pins, he takes set pieces. Um, so amongst all of that, I would expect at least one attacking return for him this upcoming week. Yeah. He's actually not on my list, Luke, but I really like that shout. It is, you're correct. I think Brentford are kind of going through a little bit of a rough patch right now, but they also have the ability to any, any given match, they're going to. I think they're going to score goals. They have the ability to score four or five in a, in a match, really. They do. Like, the way they play. They and, like, mm-hmm. Brian's going to be a big part of that. So, he's in my team. He's going to stay in my team because he – I mean, so if, if we look at it, he had three returns. So, he had three goals the first two weeks of the season. And then he has one goal in match week four, and he hasn't scored since then. I think that's going to change soon. As I do think, I. Yeah, As I think, do I. I mean, if you look at it, they play force, and they play probably the worst team in the league, United. And then Burnley. So, like, <laughs> it's really yeah. simple. Like, yeah. it's a great three-run fixture for him, you know? It really so is. So even if you're really bringing is. him in this week for Forrest, and then you really want to bring him in for match week eight against United, like, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like that shot, Luke. Um, and there- part, part of the reason why I like having Brian in FPL teams for game week seven, 
is he plays on Sunday. There's only one fixture on Sunday, and it's always nice to have a piece of the pie, right? Whenever a team's playing, you don't want to, like, think about someone who did not have any Newcastle assets, who was done for the week, and then Newcastle went on and scored eight goals, right? Yeah, at Jerry. That, that must have been a, a bad feeling, right? And that's yeah. we don't want to have that. So I think this is a, another little tiny... Tiny reason why it would be nice to have a Brentford asset for game week seven. Mm-hmm. All right, Luke, are you anything else you want to add to? No, I'm good. That's that's everything I have on Sir Brian. Okay, well, we'll roll to my number nine then. Um, so number nine for me is Son. Oh, okay. All right. And so if we look at their matchup this week, let me see. I have the schedule pulled in front of me. So Spurs play. I did I write it down? Let's see, Luke. Who do they play this week? They have Liverpool away. So yeah, they, they play Liverpool away. I actually really like this matchup for Son. I think that if he plays, like, I mean, we watched the North London Derby. I think Son can get performances against terrible teams. He can get performances against great teams. I think anytime he's on the pitch playing in that position he was playing in, right, he's going to be a viable asset to have. I mean, at his price point, like, I, I mean, his price rises. Everything like. Until this run of fixtures ends, like, I know this one's a little more difficult for, um, actually, it, it's easier from an attacking standpoint, I think, than the Arsenal matchup. Like, it, it really is. I agree. But there were some gifts that were given by Arsenal. There and were. I think without those, Tottenham would be looking back on that match very differently. Yeah, no, I agree. But it, I think this is also a really good time to bring Son in, too, because, there's also, I mean, obviously this is a list of top ten people from this match week, but if you don't have them and you and you want to look at this week, I think Liverpool's a good matchup. But then you look at Luton in match week eight, Fulham in match week nine, Palace in ten, Chelsea in eleven, and Wolves in twelve. Right, like that is an elite run of fixtures for an attacker to go through. It is, and Son, is. I think so. Over the last three match weeks, from like three, four, five, six, Son is the highest FPL returner out there. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. he's had so explosive return blank explosive mm-hmm. return yeah so that that definitely does make sense um how close how does he compare to salah out of to salah let me see i can actually compare that real quick if you want to yeah. Um, um yeah i think honestly son is a really good shout for this week because van dyke is back so that does give liverpool a bit more of defensive solidity at the back but on the same hand we have seen this liverpool side concede multiple times over and over again yeah. yeah while they are looking better and i would i i don't know who to favor in this matchup frankly because i think there's there's probably going to be a lot of goals is what it feels like okay so i found that stuff for you let me tell you real quick yeah let's go to your thought um so son has f- from match week three to six he has 39 points holland has 36 and sala has 33 Interesting. Yeah. And the the crazy part about this is that um, Son's XG is um, 2.21. Salah's is 2.16. And then Holland is 6.79. Yeah, dude. He is accruing a massive, massive XG. Yeah. And, I mean, he's like it, it really feels like I think that Holland has missed a lot of chances the last couple of weeks that are really easy chances I think have bothered us a lot, both as Holland owners. But, I mean, he's literally – so he's at 6.79 XG the last three weeks, and he's on six goals. So, I mean, it's right there, literally. Like, he's little below – little below, but, like, 
It is, but I think there's also an argument to say that he could have four more goals. Oh, easily. Easily. Like easily he, he, could. he could be on 10. He could be on, I mean, in a different universe, he could be on 13 goals, right? Yeah. It's just, it's it's not falling for him at the moment. Um, but getting done. back to San, him playing as a striker is so enticing. We said this a couple of weeks ago. If he stays we were, as we that were, striker. Dude, we were, we were on it before the big performance, the first yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. We've, um, been, we've been early. We're early movers here on top of yes, the Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, Kieran Trippier. Anyone notice that shout check out? Check out that Twitter thread. <laughs> check out that Twitter yeah. thread. We're talking our shit right now. Yeah. You know, we got to celebrate the wins, right? <laughs> because um, so few. When you miss, so when it's off, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so It's a game um, of numbers. We got to put up a lot of quantity, you know? I do like Son a lot for this week. I My question internally a little bit is... Will the goals come via him? If Madison's playing, I feel like I would feel good with having Son. Without Madison, I think there's um, a little bit of doubt in how Son might perform for yeah, the week. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's like a little caveat to make, that, which is also why he's kind of lowered down. He's number nine on my list because, like I said, there's, like you said, Madison being hurt also, Champions League rotation. It, like if if so if it was a nailed on situation where we know that he's gonna play and Madison's gonna play he's top three on my list. What do you mean rotation? They don't they don't have European competition. I thought they were Spurs. Am I am I tripping? No. Okay, so no rotation. But yeah, no. Are we tripping right now? No, they they I know for a fact they do not. Yeah, that's not even. I know they don't. Um, because they fell off at the end of the year last season. And kind of fell oh, out of those, right. those spots. So um, I'm going to move on to my number nine. We don't really have to stay on this for too long. I'm just going to kind of yeah. give some numbers from what you've said earlier. So my number nine for top performer this upcoming week is Martin Odegaard. Hey, we love it. I think the fixture against Bournemouth, while it is away, I think it's going to be an excellent matchup for Odegaard. With the caveat, this is why he's number nine on my list, okay. if he plays. There is a very likely possibility that Vieira slides into his position with the amount of matches that they're playing, and I could see that happening, right? This is this is an outcome that, if we're looking at, a pro- looking at this on a scale of one to ten, the probability is probably, in my mind, a, a six or seven I that Odegaard might not play. I think it also there's a sneaky chance it's ESR too. Maybe Smith Rowe. That's possible. I think there's so there's options there too for Arteta that just yeah. to not start um, But let's go back. Let's kind of look at why I think he'd be a good asset for this week. So over the course of the season so far, he is an XG of one point seven, an XA of point five, um, and an XGI combined of two point three. With those numbers in mind, he has two goals and no assist. Mm-hmm. So I would expect Odegaard to start returning more than he currently is, right? He's a player who, you know, with him playing Bournemouth, Arsenal are going to look to get really high up the pitch, press them, get easy opportunities just like they did with Tottenham. Um, so I would expect, and as we know, Odegaard is the one who basically spearheads their press. He pushes yeah. so high up out of the midfield and just basically closes people down at the back, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, very he's, active. he's going to be in good positions. Bournemouth are going to turn over the ball in bad positions at some point. 
And I think he could easily be one to benefit from those turnovers. So that's why I think he'd be a great asset for game week seven. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul, let's go to your number eight on the list. Okay. So this one, like, I have mixed feelings about this, but I'm a fiend for a double game week. Mm. And I'm not, I have one transfer this week, so I'm not sure what I'm doing. I don't want to use it, but there's a small chance that I will because Carlton Morris is very intriguing to me. Okay. Tell us why. I think there's a lot of FPL people out there that are probably exploring this option too. But I mean, we have a double game week of Everton and Burnley. And Everton looked better this weekend, sadly. But Burnley looks like a team that's going to, both these teams are going to concede goals. I think there's there's a world where Everton and Burnley are both two of the teams that go down. Hypothetically, it's very possible. Well, so it seems very likely that it might just be all three promoted sides. Yeah, that, that mm. easily could happen. But Luton also looks like that. And it's really hard to want to bring in somebody from Luton for me just because, like, their performances, they do not, they don't look good. They, don't, they got a draw this week in Tools, which. Good for them. Get up, start, start build, accumulating points. Hopefully, they can maybe stay up somehow. Right. Um, but Morris is very intriguing because I mean, if we look at his stats this year, he has two goals and one assist, which is actually pretty good. Pretty good numbers for somebody that I mean, they've scored what is it? One, two. They scored three goals this year. Yes, three goals, and they've given up eleven. And he's involved with every single result they've gotten. And to have him in a double seems like a cheeky little shout. I mean, he has he has a week where so this last week when he scored, his XG was one point oh four. And then they're also the first week against Brighton was one point oh five. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that that's somebody you're bringing in that is like my like we talk about my main thing with FPL for attackers is are they the figurehead of their attacker? Are they gonna be in, directly involved with most of the results? Right. And he for sure is going to be evolved for Luton. And you have the double game week, so cheeky little option out there, you know? Yeah. No, I like that a lot. Um, so I'm going back right now, and I'm looking at the Luton and Burnley matchups from last season yeah. just to see how they compared. to Obviously, you know, pretty a much different, two, two different teams at this point, but let's just look for, for the sake of looking. So to start out the last season in the championship mm-hmm. – um, Burnley and Luton played in looks like game week two, and it was a draw one to one. Going further down, later on in the season, um, let's see. So they played again in February, so a lot more recent, and Burnley won that one at home, one to zero. So a very low scoring game. Yeah. Um, not much going on in that, but you would like to think that. With both of these teams knowing how important this match is, they're going to be pressing for a result. Yeah, absolutely. They will not be happy with one point. Three points in this match goes a long, yeah. long way for these teams. Exactly right. Especially when you have both of them at the very bottom of the table with one point each. And But another thing too, Luke, though, is that that's such like a thin line because if you take... I think some of these teams view it whereas you just split points. That's kind of a win for them because you're essentially not giving them two extra points, you know? You see what I'm saying? Like, But going into the match, I think they're going to have yeah, a mentality. You, like you would really we, want to take three and We are going to get zero. three points from this. You become more practical as a match goes on and say maybe you don't have mm-hmm. possession, you're conceding more chances. That's when the, you know, 
being more practical makes more sense. Yeah. But I do think they're going to go into it saying we need three points from this. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a season long effort, right? It can't be like right at the end of the Premier League season, like we saw with teams that went down the last couple of years. That if you put yourself in a lot better position, like look at Fulham, the run they went on last year, like mid season. Yeah. Like they easily secured they, their status in the Premier League because they took care of business and got things done, you know? You want to hear something funny? Yeah, sure. Are you going to tell a joke? No, no, I I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually, it's really interesting. When you look at a team's um, non-penalty XG differential, so basically working at XG from a team compared to the XG allowed, and then looking at the differential between those two variables, right? Mm -hmm. So we're looking at holistically how much better is their XG than their opposition throughout the course of the season, right? So obviously Manchester City is the highest at a NPXGD of nine. <laughs> Not we like this is confusing. Nerd on the podcast. So it's at nine, right? That's the baseline. The highest is nine at the moment. The lowest is negative twelve, which is Sheffield United. They mm-hmm. got throttled on Sunday, so that kills their yeah, the whole eight zero loss. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting thing about this though is Luton's is only negative four, right? Which isn't bad, and they they still have five other teams below them, you know. So that kind of goes to show they haven't, and that's with five matches played. Yeah, I I, honestly at this point I don't know who's going to go down. Like we, like I said, Fulham last year, like we thought they were in the conversation, and then they really took they stepped it up. So you just we'll just have to see, you know. Okay, can you try to guess the other five teams below Luton? That have a worst NPXGD. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> Chelsea. This is gonna be my favorite stat to do. Um, no, no, not Chelsea. Are you sure it's not Chelsea? Yeah, they just haven't converted their chances. They have had a lot of a high XG though. I know they do. I just, I just really love throwing Chelsea in that mm-hmm. mix. Let me just tell you because it's gonna take a look. Oh, no, 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 let me guess one. Can I guess one? Guess one more. Wolves. Yeah, Wolves is down there. They're actually sure. second worst um, at negative five. Um, so you said Sheffield. 4. You said Sheffield, obviously. At negative twelve point zero six. Burnley. Burnley are third worst with oh negative four point eight three. Shit. Um, then after that, probably. I don't know. So, so, so we'll just go up from the right. So above Burnley, we have Bournemouth with negative four point two nine. Fulham, negative four point two four. That makes sense. And this is surprising. West Ham. I honestly at negative four point two four, and it's just because they've been so clinical with their chances, mm-hmm. and they do actually concede a fair amount of xG in their matches because they sit so deep, they allow teams to take shots, um, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast with how they play. Mm-hmm. So, um, little interesting stat area there for everyone. But let's get back to our list. Yeah, let's for hear the top your 10 FPL assets. Um, number seven on mine. No, number eight on mine, sorry, is Saka. Nice. Nice. He um, is higher on my list. Yeah, Saka, I think, is going to be a great asset to have. He's currently 65.9% owned by FPL managers. And after his 13-point haul, I mean, he's been one of the best assets to have this season consistently. There's, only one, we- there's only one week where he did not return. Mm-hmm. Right, he's just a great person to put in your team, forget about it, and really not transfer out. Right, there's just not very many more assets that 
are at this price point that you can guarantee returns from. And as long as he's healthy, as long as he's continuing to stay in form, I don't see any reason to transfer him out. Um, For example, during the North London Derby, he had an XG of 0.86 and XA of 0.27 and a total XGI of 1.13, getting Mm -hmm. one goal and one assist, you know, Maybe arguably could have been another goal. You never know um, how they would judge that, honestly, over at FPL Towers. But he was given an assist from that one. So, yeah, Sokka is a great asset to have in your team, and I think he will return well in Game Week 7. Yeah, uh, I'm totally there with you. Go Gunners. Okay, so um, we're going to bounce to my number 7th. And this one, I have a brief caveat for this. This is two players. And I'm kind of molding them together. Interesting. I, I think I might know who you're saying. It's Ferguson or Matoma. Yeah. So if we look at Ferguson, he has the ability to go absolutely nuclear, as we know. Right. He had that week where, what was it? Um, how many did he pull in that one week? He had 17. He had a 17-pointer, which is one of the best FPL performances this week. Had a hat trick. And... I think the main thing we really worry about when it comes to Ferguson is just minutes on the pitch. Right, right. And what I'm thinking, though, is with them in European competitions this week, there's a really good shout that if he doesn't play much in the Europa League match, then he'll start the Premier League match because of rotation. Yeah. And And Mm -hmm. if he he plays in that against Villa, I think the Villa game is going to be nuts. That's honestly probably going to be my favorite game to watch this coming weekend. Yeah, and it's the first one, too. It's the first one, and honestly, it's the early so the, I did Ferguson slash Matoma because if Matoma plays and starts, I think he's going to he's gonna halt. Like he, he also, I think he's hitting really good form right now. And if we can see, like, like I said, the, all this has to play out midweek where it works out where they're both starting. If it wouldn't surprise me if Matoma didn't start. So just keep an eye. If he, I think if he plays a full like ninety midweek, probably would not go with him. Yeah, I mean we did see Deserby trying to rotate him, mm-hmm. but with how the match was going, came on at half and got two goals. Right. Yeah. So in, there's a there's a chance too. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. I'm just saying in very you know Matoma fashion, um, getting two very just very nice. And possibly questionable goals. Yeah. yeah. Did that go wide to the post? Was it going wide to the post? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. But, um, yeah, I think that there's a, he, both those players have a really good shout. Like Ferguson, I think even better so because if he gets a full 90, I think we're going to see serious returns in that match, which also another little thing real quick. Villa Brighton, having a defender in that matchup <laughs> – Unless it's a Stupian or Cash, like somebody that you think is really going to return a result, don't look for clean sheets in that match. Agreed. Don't look for them. Agreed. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm going to have Ollie Watkins for that match in my team personally. Mm-hmm. Um, good. And I think he could very likely return. I mean, if you look at Brighton, they're just conceding goals for fun, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you allow Bournemouth to score on you <laughs> that early in a match, it just felt bad. Not man. a good sign. Um, and. Ollie Watkins just scored a goal, so I think he he's in good form now. Hopefully that'll well, build through. Does one equal form, or is it he's on his way to form? Well, he's in better form than he was before the match. Okay. Yeah. That's valid. Yeah. 
let's, let's bounce to your um, all right to your number seven. My number seven is a prime resident of the House of Slytherin at Hogwarts. Draco Malfoy, <laughs> aka Anthony Gordon. <laughs> he. I was like, where are we going with this? The ups and downs that FPL owners had this past weekend with Gordon being benched. Benched. Let me repeat that. He was benched. Some people out there are lucky. That's all I have to say. And what happened is Harvey Barnes got injured. Who we shouted out on the podcast last week. In the 12th minute. And Anthony Gordon came on and he looked great. Watching this match, Anthony Gordon looked like he was aggressive. He was in control of his movements, making good r- runs in behind. The ball at his feet, he looked like he was calm, collected, but aggressive at the same time. And he had a great week. He ended up with 12 points overall. He had one goal, one assist, an XG of 0.6, an XA of 0.4, so an XGI overall of one point one. One, that makes sense. That adds up. And I think he's going to be locked into a starting spot in that left wing position for the foreseeable future. Sounds like Harvey Barnes' issue is going to be pretty bad. You know, it sounds like it might be somewhat of a long-term injury. I expect Anthony Gordon to be starting week in and week out for them, going from Champions League to the Premier League. Um, Maybe some rotation, but... Out of the next five fixtures, I would expect him to start, you know, at least four of those. So um, being in an attacking Newcastle team who have Burnley coming up this week at home at St. James, great asset to have for that week. Yeah, that's a great little segue to my next one, Luke. Oh, let's hear it. Um, This guy honestly would be higher on my list, but like I just it's just hard for me to value defenders crazy high in this. Um, Kieran Trippier. King. <laughs> King. This man. So we knew it. We knew he was coming back this year. He was an FPL monster last year. And Luke's been really good about this on Twitter, about building threads, telling people to be aware of Trippier that, yeah, it's really been down to Newcastle's run in the beginning of the season, why they've struggled. And whenever we knew that whenever they solidified, whenever they battened down the hatches, that Trippier was going to be back. And, guys, he's back. He had an eight-pointer last week, 18-pointer this week, three assists. He is absolutely nailed on to most corners for them. He gets forward, creates chances, and they have a good matchup. They play Burnley this week. I could see another clean sheet. I could see more assists. I could see a goal possibly. Like, you just don't know with him. I mean, he he's going to get he, – he for sure is going to create more assisting chances. But Trippier just seems like somebody that is impossible to not have in your team right now, you know? Completely agreed. Um, I don't even think I need to dive more into it. Yeah, I can it's talk. Straightforward, it really is. He he'll be coming back up later on, so I'm not going to dive into it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. go. Let's yeah. just go to yours, because I I think it's we'll we'll touch on more a little more. So my number six, um, I actually have. I wasn't sure who to pick at first for this one, because I was torn between between James Ward Prowse or Jared Bowen. Hmm, interesting. And I'm going with Jared Bowen. Yes. Okay. I, I, was, I, was, about to, I was about to fight you about the... I I've, I've clearly agree with that more. Yeah. The underlying numbers for Bowen are better, in my opinion. And in thinking about it, 
while WordPress is cheaper. So if it's a budget concern, go with WordPress. I think both are good picks. I just think Bowen has, you know, he's out of the last four weeks, he's returned three out of those four weeks. And that's playing Liverpool, City, Luton, and Brighton. So three of the top four teams in the league at the moment, Mm -hmm. right? And getting returns in those are great. So I think that speaks to the form that he's in, the role he's playing for this team. And so let's look at his numbers against Liverpool. He had an XG of 0.55. He had an XA of 0.01. And he scored a goal, right? City, the numbers were very bad, but... um, XG is zero. Against Luton, he had a low XG, but he did still score. But that's um, the thing, like, even, like... Sorry, he finishes his chances. Even with the low XG, he can still get your results because he he's really, really a great player. He's very skilled, mm-hmm. very skilled, right? Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm looking at it. Going against Sheffield, who had a terrible, terrible week last yeah. week, um, just really, at this point, you kind of... You hope that Sheffield has a bounce-back week because it'll be very important to them to have that as a club going just to build their confidence going forward. But they, it could go the opposite direction. And I think if West Ham go in there and they put in a really good performance, it could get ugly fast. And if they're returning and scoring goals, I think Bowen's going to be a big part of that. Yeah, no, dude, I 100% agree. I, I had Bowen in my team earlier in the season. And it's one of those things that, like, I transferred out for Son, I think it was. Right. And it was one of those ones where I was like, I don't want to get rid of him. I don't want to. And I did, and it's worked out for me pretty well. But, like, he's somebody that is going to get back in my team sometime in the near future. They have a run of fixtures, actually. Um, let's see. Over here. Well, the next three, I'll tell you right now, they have Sheffield, mm-hmm. Newcastle, and then Villa. So the next three are a little They're difficult. They're difficult. But then, there's, but then after that, it goes Everton, Brentford, Forest, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Spurs, Fulham. So, like, that opens up a right. lot. So It does. I know we're purely focusing on this week, but we're going to throw little tidbits out there every once in a while for yeah. about stuff going yeah. forward, too. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree with that selection. Perfect. Um, okay, do you want to do your number six? Or did you already did your number six? We're on five. Um, okay, let's take a little break Okay. Um, and come right back, and we will we'll do, do our, our top, top five FPL assets for game week seven. Hello, everyone, and we are back with our top five FPL assets for game week seven. Before we dive into that, though, we want to make a little stipulation here, just so you all know. This upcoming midweek is going to be dedicated to the League Cup for Premier League teams. There's no Champions League fixtures through midweek or European competitions. Um, So all of those upcoming fixtures will be for purely the EFL Cup. Yeah, that's um, a good little clarification to make, Luke, because we we could see a little less rotation. We could see a little bit more just depending on um, how much value people place in these fixtures. Um, Did did you see what Pep said? No. In his post-match um, presser, he said that it was possible that they could be playing some academy kids. Um, he's not going to put out any kind of serious team, but he did also mention that his back is feeling better 
and he might even play a couple minutes if he can. <laughs> that would be hilarious if Pep. Honestly, it wouldn't shock me. I would expect to see, especially a lot of the teams in Europe, for them to put out very, very weak squads. Yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, but like we said about the Champions League, the same applies to EFL. Make sure you monitor those lineups. Make sure you see who's playing. It could be better than the Champions League, but just keep an eye out for that. All right, um, but so just a note, real fast. So in the EFL Cup, there are some pretty big matchups. On Tuesday, we have Manchester United playing Crystal Palace. Crystal we have um, Aston Villa playing Everton on Wednesday, along with Chelsea playing Brighton. Liverpool play Leicester, and Newcastle play Man City. So some of these teams, we could see them commit squads just because of the nature of who they're playing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think hopefully there's a lot of rotation for FPL's yeah. sake. Yeah, just be, be aware of it, everybody, who's playing, who's not, all that stuff. Um, let's dive into our top five list now, Luke. So do you want to start or you want me to start? I'll go first. Yeah, yeah we'll I'll go first. Um, go ahead. The fifth asset, in my opinion, for this upcoming Game Week 7 is no other than Mohamed Salah. We're the same. <laughs> we both have him as five. Mo Salah five. Excellent. Let's go. So I think I don't want to like speak a for Mo you. Salah high five. <laughs> I don't want to speak to, for you, Paul, but the reason why I have him at five on my list is because of who they're playing. He has consistently returned now every single week. Yep. Consistent. Has yeah. not failed to return. Consistent. So does that mean that there is a possible break in that streak? I don't know. We'll see. But playing Tottenham, I think, is going to be a very up-and-down match. I think there will probably be a lot of goals. Probably... It'll probably be pretty similar to the North London Derby. Is how I'm so. It'd be it. very chaotic. With um, these two so teams. like a three to two, a three to one, a two to two. All of those are very realistic possibilities, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, so Salah, excellent player to have in your team, with the one stipulation that you have to kind of prioritize who's going to be within that team. You know, you're making some sacrifices if you have Salah in the squad. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and just for the people who are very interested in the underlying stats, last week in game week six, Salah had an XG of 1.01 and an XA of 0.27. So he's very involved. Over the past three game weeks, he has an XGI, a minimum XGI of 0.87. Um, and that is playing West Ham, Wolves, and Villa. He's very involved he's essential to everything they're doing right now. So yeah. um, if he's in your team, be happy he's in your team. And, I mean, if we, the, the really cool part of this is if we look at Liverpool since match week two, they've scored two-plus goals in every match. Yeah. So, like, as mm -hmm. an attacker, if you see a team that's scoring goals consistently and we know Saul is going to be involved with a lot of that based on the stats you just said, with the price point, Luke said it's difficult, but if you can get him in and still keep your team balanced, I think he's a great option for this week too. Agreed. Yeah. So I don't have to dive any deeper on that. You kind of said a lot of the stuff, but Perfect. he um, he's hard to pass up, man. He really is. Okay. Well, let's go into your number four then. All right. Number four is Jared Bowen. Oh, that he's pretty high up the list. He's pretty high up the list. I actually, like I said, um, I really believe in Bowen this this year. I think I mean he's he's getting consistent returns against tough teams that they're playing. And it just it just seems like West Ham are a completely different team than they were last year. And Bowen had a down year last year easily for an FPL perspective, but 
he's somebody like what what was the game where he scored? He had that goal where somebody played a long diagonal ball to him and he took like one touch on a full sprint, like right outside the six yard box and finished. It was Brighton. <laughs> like he he has the ability to do things like that where you're just like, What the fuck just happened? His his technical ability is very high. Yeah, and and it's it's against good teams, against bad teams, and against Sheffield this week, I think he's primed to be in really good positions and have a lot of chances. I agree. I agree. I think Sheffield are going to come out with a different mindset than they did against Newcastle. I mean, the first like ten minutes or so, Sheffield didn't look bad, right? I mean, they were that changed quickly. It did, and it it changed when it changed. It completely flipped, but mm-hmm. they didn't look bad. But with that being said, I would expect them to highly focus on being more solid at the back, putting more people behind the ball, keeping the ball in front of them, keeping their shape. It's They might have to change how they're trying to stay up, frankly, after such a thorough defeat as they are. Yeah, it's, it, so it, it's, it's interesting. I think in this matchup, like there's a chance that you're right. Sheffield comes out as a different team where they're playing a little differently and they are more inspired to not have a week like that happen again. And there's also a small chance, maybe it's like 50-50 in my head, that they come out and get absolutely smashed again. I don't know. Like I think they're going to do everything possible. possible to avoid that, right? It's possible, you know. Like, in my opinion. I think if if they give up an early goal to West Ham, you could see it spiral really quickly. Possibly, yes. Yeah, and I mentioned that earlier, too, um, mm-hmm. with having him in, at number seven on my list. But, um, yeah, I, I like that shout. He's definitely very key to everything that West Ham are trying to do. Yeah, I just wonder, with West Ham having probably the majority of possession, they're going to wonder what to do. <laughs> right? <We'll see. laughs> the, what do I do with this, my hands? This is a matchup where the ball just sits on the middle of the field and both the teams watch each other to like, the 30th minute. <laughs> like, nah, I don't want to attack. You don't want to attack. <laughs> We're just going to stand just here. Let us watch, ad- let's watch grass grow. Let us defend and then counterattack. <laughs> That's yeah. how we want to play. Yeah. All right, Luke, let's hear yours. Number four four. on my list. Dun-dun-dun. Erling Holland. (laughs) This is... Luke, come on. No, it's serious. It is serious, right? I think that if you look at Holland's numbers, right, he is either seriously overperforming his XG or seriously underperforming his XG. Yeah. My reason why I don't have him number one on my list is I think that Wolves have been good this season. I think they've been a lot better than people expected them to be. And with some key injuries, without Rodri playing, I think City, they do not have that one of the most important aspects of their team without Rodri. It'll be different. He facilitates so much for them. I think Calvin Phillips can come in and do a lot of good things, but he's not going to distribute the ball the way that Rodri does. So City are going to have to look a little different with how they're playing, and there could be some growing pains within that. So that's one reason why I have Holland so low down on the list. You're playing a a dangerous game, though, Luke. The dangerous dangerous part of that, right, if it's the 25th minute, and Holland scores a goal. As soon as he sees that go in, his mentality is going to be, okay, I need a second. He's seen the ball go in the back of the net, and that's when he becomes even more dangerous than he is, than he already is, right? Yeah. 
Mm, it is it is a risk putting him at number four for this upcoming game week, mm-hmm. but I still think the other three that I have within this team are equally are as good as not better. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to push back on you yet because he's higher on my list, and okay. we can discuss it then. Yeah, so that sounds you. good. Um, let's go to your number three then. All right, number three on my list is Arsenal Starboy, Saka. Saka. Saka, man. He he's throwing those darts. <laughs> he, that. The that, banter, the I love banter. It. I love it. We were talking about this, um, that we kind of want to see like like a deep rival, like even deeper, like between like these actual teams, like Postacolo, Spurs, and then Arteta's Arsenal, where we want to see the actual teams, like the players not like each other. Right. And we may be on the way to that after this last week. It's very possible. It really does feel there's, like it's There's possible. been some shit talk. Sokka was throwing darts. Like, uh, we'll see, man. I the, hope so. You know, it doesn't feel like real banter because they are English teammates. I'm sure they get along pretty well. Um, Dude, if you if you look, I mean, look look at the Premier League, though, like when Gerard and like all these guys, they, they don't like each other that much. I mean, yeah, they play together in England, but like there was a lot of hatred. And a lot of like, I mean, it's a different era. I totally get it. I don't think this is, I don't think this is hatred. I think this is banter. Um, I think there is a legacy of hatred within this rivalry, but these players, a lot of them are kind of new to the rivalry. So this is, this is in its kind of infancy stage, growing, developing. The hatred is going to be there. Yeah, it is. But But right now it's not quite too hatred. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not pro pushing like, players hating each other like, we really don't want that like i mean honestly Brexit like, tackle <laughs> like we don't want that but i mean like we want a little a little more you know like a little a little fire behind it you know yeah. so i say socket number three this week because he he's just consistently getting returns for us <laughs> that bournemouth matchup looks like they could put put six or seven on bournemouth honestly like if it, it literally i so if if we're predicting this week there's the west ham matchup against sheffield and I think a lot of people may target West Ham this week for Sheffield giving up a lot of goals last week. But I think you may have a better shout this week on Arsenal just blowing blowing Bournemouth out of the water. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and Sock is going to be involved with a lot of that. If you do not have an Arsenal attacker, I would definitely be circling this matchup and be a little concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Um Asterisks, though, I think something we do need to think about, though, is Martinelli's injured. Declan Rice could possibly be injured. Mm-hmm. There are some weaknesses showing in Arsenal's side right now. So. so to counteract your point right there, I think that what Arteta will probably do against this Bournemouth team is, is he's probably going to go ultra-attacking instead because if you look at their bench options, it's going to be they have a lot of different they have a lot of versatility with people they can play that help build the attack and create things and yes rice is gonna be huge he's been like he's basically been arsenal's metronome this whole year like you can see and the way he wins back the ball helps the press like he's been exceptional so they're gonna have to adjust to that but i think you're just gonna see arteta just kind of go okay well we don't have a great dm option and Jorginho is kind of hit and miss like we saw what happened in the north london derby so i i think arteta may just put his foot completely down on the gas and just try to score a lot of goals. I I could see that happening. My other asterisk for this matchup is that I am a little concerned about if Sokka starts midweek. If he's benched, doesn't play at all in the yeah, EFL Cup, weird. 
I will feel great about this shout, but that's the one final note I'll make on that, I think. Um, yeah, it, it, honestly, the whole thing, like, Arteta, like, with the subs, like, he's got to let these guys get some rest. Like He does. Let Reese Nelson go out there, show show what he has for 90 minutes. Like, yeah, you know. like, just let and it's the EFL Cup. Bit. You know, if you, you're competing for much bigger competitions, relatively speaking, at this Absolutely. point in time. So kind of prioritize, in my opinion. Um, but going to my... Number three option for the week, I have Kieran Trippier. Okay. I, I completely agree with him. That's fine. With, that they have Burnley at home. That is a great fixture for Newcastle. Coming off of their most recent performance against Sheffield, they're going to be highly positive with how they're playing, playing with a lot of confidence. And he's at the heart of everything that they're trying to do, really. Over mm-hmm. the past two game weeks... He has 26 points with a massive 18-pointer against Sheffield away. That I mean, 18 points from a defender is ridiculous, right? And we know Trippier. Yeah, if he is going to get a goal contribution and they keep the clean sheet, he is locked in on three bonus points. There's no bonus question about king. that. Those bonus points, if you look at it in this way, right, his bonus points that he is almost guaranteed if he plays well, in my opinion, that's more than enough alone to justify having him in your team for the price point you have to pay. The bonus points are worth it. Yeah, right? agreed. He provides a lot of opportunity. And, I mean, Newcastle are a fun team to watch play right now. Um, and that kind of falls into the category that we always talk about, where it's like pick players that you enjoy watching, that you have fun with, and it's not you know, it's not boring to watch them play. You don't want to be yeah. watching a boring team. Um, and cheering for the players for FPL. Like, it's just not a lot of fun. Don't pick Chelsea players, then. <laughs> Fair point. Or you know. But um, if we look at it, Trippier, his three assists, maybe possibly a bit of a stretch, you know, possibly, because he had an XA of 0.68. He played in incredible balls on those set pieces. Sheffield looked really poor. But with that being said, he's still a great asset to have at mm-hmm. 6.6. I would almost argue that he's a bargain at that price. Yeah, and with the I, points that you can be getting, I think yeah, that's a great point. Looking, I didn't mention this when I was talking about Trippier either. But last year, one of the big things about Trippier was you're right, the bonus points, but also the consistency of the clean sheets they had, especially from like the mid-season towards like later in the season when they lost the clean sheets. Right. But like, if New Newcastle starts firing off these clean sheets and they're just defending out of their asses like they did last year, like. It's 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 almost it's like I said earlier. It's almost impossible to not have him in your team, or yeah. at least a Newcastle defending mm-hmm. asset. You know, yeah. Any Newcastle defender allows you to hedge against Trippier, because if they get the clean sheet, he's probably going to get the bonus, but you still get the clean sheet points that nullify a lot of those. You know, the remaining points that he gets. Yeah, uh, it makes a big difference. But um, for that Burnley fixture. I expect to see a really good Newcastle that um, give Burnley a really difficult time. Yeah. I'm there with you, man. All right. So that's honestly a good transition to number two on my list. Who is it? Callum Wilson. I knew it. I knew it. There's just something about Callum Wilson this year. I just feel like every time if he starts and plays, he's going to score goals. You know, I think I know why this is. I can pinpoint the time where this your obsession with Callum Wilson began. There's not an obsession. I just like <laughs> it's not an obsession. I think it was last season during game week 35, 36, when people were choosing between Ice, Isak, and Callum mm-hmm. Wilson. 
you went Isak. And I got and burnt. Wilson converted two pins, I think, and got another goal. And that was a game changer for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But why do you think Callum Wilson's a great shout for this upcoming week? I mean, it, so it really, like, a lot of this, like I said, it depends on midweek fixtures. But if we just look at the numbers, when he plays and starts, if he just even, so ev- usually if he starts, he, d- he may not play the full 90. But if he plays 75 minutes, his the XG is going to be there. This Newcastle team looks like they're turning a corner, like we kind of said with Trippier. And he's a great figurehead to have up top. Yeah, I didn't get to watch the match, but Luke was kind of talking about it while we were driving in the car while he was watching it. And it seemed like Wilson had more chances that he could have converted throughout this match. And he he's somebody that he's not on pins if he's starting. If he gets that first goal in early, he can easily turn it into a hat trick. And that's, as an FPL owner, what else more could you want, you know? And, with and the Burn- matchup this week with Burnley. Right, with Burnley, we see that they aren't entirely pragmatic in how they play. They like to play aggressively. Which I like, actually, high up though. The pitch. I respect it so much. But it does make them a bit susceptible mm-hmm. um, as far as it goes to being, you know, solid defensively. So something to think about. Um, maybe even more of a reason to go with Callum Wilson for next week. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a great option. Um, yeah, that's not really. I think he. it's pretty self-explanatory with him that, like, if he, if he starts, he's going to be involved. Yeah. I agree heavily with Newcastle yeah. goals. So that's that's the thing about Wilson. If he's playing, he's going to be at least getting opportunities, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally agree. All right, let's hear your number. My two. number two for the upcoming game week seven is Julian Alvarez. Interesting. The reason why I think Alvarez is going to be one of the best options here is he's taking up incredible positions. I personally think that Wolves are, they've been good, right? And the numbers that they're conceding. So let's let's take a look at that. Um, last week, whenever Wolves played, they, who did Wolves play last week? They played. Um, it was, um, it was one they to played, one. They played Luton, right? Yeah. Wolves yeah. played Luton. Yeah. One to one. They allowed an XG of 2.24 against Luton given there is a pin in there, so that does kind of spike the numbers a little bit. I think that Man City are going to have a lot of joy going away. My Mm -hmm. consideration here with Alvarez is it seems like he's always in the right position. And it seems like this season is favored towards him getting results and returning. He did get hit with the most transferred in curse. But if Six we're looking running. looking at his returns, he's only blanked in two weeks, with one of them being last week. So I think it's very, very likely that going away to Wolves, a kind of lower, you know, bottom 10 team in the league, City could have a lot of joy. I think there will be a lot of rotation midweek in the EFL Cup. So I expect to see a very strong Man City squad playing. Um, minus Rodri, of course, watching from the stands. Yeah. If he even makes the trip, I don't. I really don't know how that works, but I expect to see him playing. Um, there could possibly be a little more rotation because they do have Champions League and then Arsenal following that. So there could possibly be some rotation, but I think Alvarez is going to be playing, um, and it's more likely that someone like Foden gets rotated, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
I expect Alvarez to return and play really well in this upcoming game week. So that's why yeah. he is number two on my list. I think that's a good shout, Luke. He actually didn't make my list because, honestly, I just saw better assets this week, but he makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Can't, mm-hmm. can't argue with you. So my undisputed number one champion of this week is Erling Holland. And there is a default undertone that I think he is a number one every week. <laughs> I don't even care who they play, even if they're playing Arsenal or Newcastle, whoever it is. I just, in any match that Holland plays in, it seems like there's a chance he's going to get a hat trick. Mm-hmm. And if we if we look at him lately, I think especially over the last two weeks, I mean, last, so against West Ham in match week five, he had an XG of 2.56 and only came away with one goal. Right. right. Like, but then there was a week where against Fulham where he had an XG of 1.58, had three goals and one assist. So he's up and down with performances this year, and I think it has a little bit to do with City. I think he's been a little bit off the pace. But literally in, in my notes for um, when, we were, when I was preparing for the podcast earlier, I was like, any given week, there's going to be a week somewhere in the, probably the next four weeks where he's going to score four goals. Yeah, no, like the, for it, sure. I think it's going to happen. And I, this matchup away from home, sometimes with City, like I think they almost perform better. Like he, Sometimes he has crazy performances at home, but there's something about when they go on the road. And I think there's something that's really lacking the City team right now with the injuries, with, with Roger, it may be a little different, like you said. And there's creativity lacking, but there's going to be a week where they really just figure it out and they right. just absolutely hammer somebody. And I, I think Wolves away, this, this is a really good chance for them to – Especially with a full week of rest going into this with EFL Cup. A lot of the starters probably won't play in that matchup from what Pep said. So I would be on the lookout for Holland this week. Do not not captain him. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I completely agree with that one. I think that there are kind of like on face value some players that could be interesting captaincy options. But the fear, exactly, the fear of Holland it is personally for me going to win out. Yeah. Um, but some people who are brave trying to go against the grain a little bit, looking for other people to captain, I mean, there there are some options out there, right? Um, shall we go to one of those options that I think people will be captioning this week? Yeah, let's do it, dude. Go for it. You're number one. My number one, Carlton Morris. That's interesting. It is. It's a fun pick, in my opinion, right? Luton have Everton away and Burnley at home coming up. I think that with this double game week, there is immense opportunity here for managers to make up, not make up, but differentiate differentiate themselves from the rest of the crowd in a very specific and targeted way for a one-week punt. A differential option? He is currently 4% owned by the game. I think that'll definitely increase as the week yeah, goes as on. as the week goes on, I'll for sure change. But at a price of 5.5, he is the figurehead of Luton's attack. If they're going to get returns, he's going to be a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen the way they've been playing. He, you know, He likes to use his you know, his strength, his body to position himself well. And if they draw a pin, he is the one taking the penalties for them. So Mm -hmm. he is a very, very interesting shot, especially because of who they're playing. I think against Everton, 
I would expect to see Everton probably dominating possession. But at the same time, I think that he is a great shout for a counter goal or for Everton to make a mistake at the back. And he's the one that benefits from that. With Burnley, I think that's going to be a very tense match because it means so much to both clubs. But in that fixture, I think Luton have an opportunity to score multiple goals. And I think he will be at least a part of one of those if yeah. they are to score multiple goals. So. I agree with you. I think he's a good shout. Um, I think for people, like situational, of course, all this depends on your team, what you have laid out. If you're a Jackson owner that's held him to this point, I think this is a almost a no-doubt move to Agreed. finally get Jackson yeah. out and to go to Morris because, listen, we love those double game weeks. Last year was so fun as an FPL owner, and it really screwed me over at times trying to play double game weeks. But doubles are so enjoyable. They are. Like, it, there's just something about them where I'm like, oh, I have one transfer, but and I could easily get a man, you know? To kind of go back to a point we made at the beginning of the pod, it is always nice to have a player playing in the last game of the week because it always gives you that hope of, okay, well, maybe my week wasn't good up to this point, but maybe they can salvage it for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you throw that captaincy on Carlton Morris... One goal with Burnley at home could change your week. You yeah, know? I it, it's really hard for me to even endorse him as a captain, though. I think I think adding him to your team is one thing, but throwing a captaincy on him, which I mean, I don't know. It, like there's just there's just like in my head looking at it, like between him and Holland, there's just no way I'd ca- ever captain Morris over him, even in a double. Yeah, no, that, I'm I see where your logic is coming from, but. Um, I kind of almost feel differently in the regard that say he returns two goals, gets an assist. The value you get from that is incredible with a captaincy. Yeah. So I see. I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. We're just on different sides of the fence. You know, that's okay. It brings viewers, listeners more, more perspective, you know, we for sure are. Um, but honestly, I don't, I don't know if I have anything else I want to kind of go into. Um, we went through you know gave you all our top 10 fpl assets for game week seven trying to help you all make good decisions here um and most importantly if you have questions about your team if you're not sure what to do which direction to go please reach out to us on twitter um we're always somewhere nearby so we'll get back to you as soon as we can about that but Mm -hmm. um we we really do love trying to help you guys make the right decisions um and just try to build the best FPL team possible. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give everybody a weekly remind, uh, reminder that we're still very early in on the season. There's a lot of things that can change. There's a lot of movement. Your overall rank is going to change a lot, up or down. So just maintain the course. Um, play your game. Don't don't play the game that we give advice. But, like, whatever you want to do, do it. If you think it's going to work, if there's some, some weird sneaking suspicion that you think that – Ward Prowse is gonna have get four goals this weekend. Go for it. He may. You never know. Just just play the game that you want and enjoy it, and talk to people about it. That's one of the. Fun, this is why we do this podcast to talk to people to really embrace something that we care about. So if you're listening to this podcast at this point, you probably really do care about it. So we're always here to we're always here to have discussion. You know exactly to follow up on Paul's point. Whenever you have these, you know, differential ideas where you're gonna go a little outside the box. 
it's it's amazing to have that idea but you know try to pick people people's brains a little bit um see what they think about it see if you know there's some logic behind it um because you know if especially with something like captaincy if you're going to go against holland feel pretty make sure that if you're not going to captain holland you're prepared to be burnt yeah 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 and that's risk 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 to reward you know the best way to look at this is to go into that saying okay well i'm going to be burnt but am i still happy with this decision and if you are still happy with that then more power to you yeah like i said play your own game do um do whatever you want it's 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 your team you're the manager you know you, you have the keys you have the keys you do have the keys so that is going to draw us to a close for our top 10 fpl assets for game week seven We really want to thank you all for joining us for this podcast, and we will be back next week um, with another podcast for you guys. See you, everybody.